You're listening to episode 60 of Daughters on Fire with Robin Arab and Melissa Burton. In this week's episode, we pick right up where we left off last week with part two on our time management series. Now, this time management series is focused on different personality tendencies and how it can influence how we manage our time. And not only that, but how it can influence how our team members on the caregiving journey with us manage their time. Because there's nothing worse that can really get you off track with when it comes to dealing with time than not working together with really good synergy and not understanding how we cope with time. So join us today as we talk about the McBossies out there and the list makers. So jump in with me and Robin in part two of Time Management Tendencies. Are you stressed, burned out, and looking for answers as you care for an aging parent? If you are, this podcast is for you. Here you will receive actionable advice from seasoned professionals, validation and compassion for the incredibly tough job you are doing, and most importantly, supportive love from a community of like-minded warriors. You're not alone. Join this powerful community as we support you on your complicated journey and help you transform into an empowered and calmer caregiver. Okay, welcome back. Melissa Burton here with Robin Arab, and we are ready to head into part two of our time management series. How's it going, Robin? Doing well. Are you ready? we're going to talk about me. Yes, that's right. I said, are you ready for this? So today we're going to talk about the roles or identities around time management, which would be bossy McBossy and, and Robin. <laughs> don't don't I take offense it. to I know that. It. <laughs> <laughs> and the list makers. So these two uh, different tendencies, if you will, are people who just, they take, they get the job done. They get in there and they get to business and they get it done and they start early, which is different from last week when we talked about the dilly-dalliers and the procrastinators. So I'm going to let you kick it off a little bit more and describe um, how you see these two people. And then when it gets too like shiny and, and perfect, I will, you know, I'll balance that out with maybe some of the other <laughs> aspects of the two. Well, I think um, I am both. I am bossy McBossy and I am a list maker. I tend to always want to know what the next step is before it happens. So I like to believe falsely that I am in charge, I am in control, and I can control every step that hits me next by making a list or by bossing people around. So one of the things um, I tend to do is, okay, I have my checklist. Have I done all my legals? Have I done uh, my research? Have, have I done everything that I can do to make this a perfect caregiving plan? And that works. It really works when you're not dealing with any other humans. <laughs> right. Your, your perfect <laughs> plan is perfect for you. That's absolutely right. So, so I'm sure it gets to be quite a struggle, an internal, almost existential, existential struggle when you're dealing with caregiving, because it's never just about you, is it? 
No, it's not. And you can't plan for the next episode or the next crisis. So it, it really might soothe my mind personally to make that list, but it also then blows up in my face when the list doesn't go the way it, I think it should. So I think there, there's credit in being organized. There's credit in knowing where things are. There's credit in making plans. But what the list maker and the bossy person needs to realize is it's not always going to go that way. So you have to sort of, if you will, make a plan for the fallout. How are you going to react to this? What What's your next steps? This group, I think, is the group that, and I felt it, I'm the only one that can do this. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I would do it. Go ahead, Melissa. I was just going to say, do you find that this group would be the ones that they take out on everything themselves? They do too much themselves as a caregiver? Absolutely. And they're the first ones to burn out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they think, I can do this. I can do it better. I can do it faster. Because that old dilly-dallier is not going to do it till the last minute. And that drives me insane. So back, we talked about the example of my mom and my brother and the lawn mowing last week. And my mom, as the loved one, wanted to tell him how to do it, which is your bossy McBosserson. Now, the yard still got done. It was the end result of what she wanted. And if you tend to come back behind and correct or boss somebody, their level of wanting to help has just dropped. They're being criticized. Why should I go over there and do it if it's never good enough? Mm -hmm. So that's a a fine line that you teeter on, that you can fall into that trap of it's never good enough. You're offending people. Mm -hmm. You're You're alienating. Right. You're not getting your team together. People aren't working together because end result is they're going to say she thinks she can do it. Let her do it. And I would imagine, because we were talking also uh, last week about the procrastinators and giving, so dilly-dallyers and procrastinators giving them structure and deadlines. But if you were falling in this category, you might be giving really, really tough structure, like strict structure and very uh, demanding deadlines. And like you said, if, if you're not mindful of how everybody can come along. If you're not more open to being flexible, then you are going to alienate people and you are going to feel like you're the, you may be at the end of the day, the only one that is willing to do it within those confines. And so that can really blow up in your face. You may be doing an excellent job, but like you said, Robin, you're going to be doing an excellent job for about six months and then kaput, you're going to be done. Well, and and in another scenario, so now you're the one man show, you've alienated everybody. And you personally have a crisis, you as the caregiver have now been hospitalized. Mm -hmm. Nobody else knows what's going on. Mm -hmm. Nobody on your team knows where any of the papers are. Nobody knows what next steps are, who the doctors are. They are not able to smoothly step in and take over your role. So it's really scary to isolate yourself into this role. And again, you know, we talk about the burnout. But what I think for this person, and this is hard, and I and I think this is especially hard for spouses, taking care of spouses, is we've got to learn to trust other people. We've got to learn to trust that, and sorry, Melissa, I'm going to say this, 
Although I know best and I know the best way to do it. I need to trust that you can come in and semi-fill my shoes. Right. Well, here's the thing. I think it goes to the emotional journey that you in that role are on. What is it about it being perfect that means, like, why is that so necessary for, for, for you? You know, why is it? I think it, a lot of times it comes down to a sense of control that for somebody who is the McBossy and who is the list and the structure person, feeling out of control it is this just a spiral in your mind. I mean, what does it feel like for you, Robin, if you can kind of impart to us what this journey is like for you? What was it like when you felt out of control, when your plan wasn't working? I was angry. And I was frustrated and and probably a little bit hateful that people didn't do what I told them to do. You know, I and I remember somebody in my journey saying to me, I was asking that they tell their parent to do something because it was affecting my parent. And she said to me, I can't tell my father what to do. And boy, that slapped me in the face because I thought, well, I tell my mother what to do. And then I started thinking about it and thought, she doesn't do a darn thing I tell her. Mm -hmm. So I've just wasted that energy. So it is, it's frustrating. It breaks your heart. It makes you angry. But all of it is like what you're saying is a false sense of control. Because yes. if you were to look at the fact that you are literally out of control in the whole scenario of you can't stop this aging process, you can't stop the journey of grief and loss of saying goodbye and losing your mom, you can't stop any of that. But maybe if your lists get checked off, if your schedule stays intact, and if people seemingly do what you tell them to do, then it's all going to be okay. It's right. a sense of security. Right. It is that, that, okay. And I remember checking off list and then thinking, okay, that's done. And then I would sit there and I would wait for the next episode or something. Okay. Now I got to get my list and go again, or I've got to be the one to fly home and take care of this. So it is, you're in a constant state of uproar because you're not trusting those around you to come in and, and help with those things. You know, it's interesting for somebody like me, and Melissa, I've heard you talk about this before with your mom is that I don't even know I'm doing it sometimes. So in the simple case of making a bed or put and putting pillows on the bed, I know how I want those pillows to be. If my husband makes the bed and that pillow is right, I'm likely to come over and tweak it. I think nothing about it. But my daughter made the comment one time is I never made my bed because it was never right. And you would always come back and fix it. And I never thought about it. I was just walking by one side was shorter. I pulled it over. Mm hmm. And that was it. It's just not, I wasn't consciously doing that. I wasn't, I never even thought, boy, she can't make a bed. It just didn't meet my criteria. I fixed it and moved on. But I sabotaged that relationship. So she just didn't make her bed, which then I'm more frustrated because now the bed's not made. So it's those things that type to start to snowball. So it is frustrating. And honestly, when I did let go and allow somebody to step in, and go to a doctor's appointment, or make a meal, or take her somewhere, it was such a relief of not only I didn't have to do it, 
but I also didn't have to meet the standards I had in my head. Mm-hmm. If all those questions didn't get asked or all those things didn't happen, I wasn't there, so I couldn't control it. So it was a relief. Mm. Wow. Sometimes I think that people who have a tendency to want to do all of this are also keeping themselves busy because when things slow down, one, you just naturally, your coping mechanism and your strength is getting things done. So when you aren't like getting things, when you aren't getting things done, then your mind slows down to the point of really having to sit with your emotions. And I don't know if that's like for you, but I know for a lot of people and a lot of my clients I see in counseling, sitting with emotions, whoa, it's like the weather. You can't control it. You can maybe predict them, but you can't really control them unless you're really ready to grapple with them and just be present with them. And sometimes it's just easier to stay busy and getting things done than it is to be, you know, just to really sit with the unpleasantness of the feelings. So when people, like you're saying, you're sitting there, you're going through the house and you see that the bed is not exactly perfect. It's so easy just to tweak it. And that's so satisfying to feel like, okay, now it's perfect. But then when there isn't something like that to do, and you just have to sit with your emotions, you can't tweak them. You can't make the pillow just right in order for that emotion to no longer be uncomfortable. And so sometimes I think it's like, can be a distraction from uncomfortable feelings that you don't have control over. Right. I agree a hundred percent. And I think that for this type personality, they do lose sight of the end result. So I was more apt to make lists and check things off than I was just to sit and visit with my mom, Mm -hmm. to sit and ask questions, to sit and talk, to listen to her repeat and repeat and repeat. That was in my mind at the time, that was a waste of my time and I couldn't take it. Mm. I did not handle it. My husband often would sit and answer her over and over and over. I couldn't. It drove me insane. But that, as, as you're just saying this now, if I listened to that, if I had to stay there and sit there, I did have to deal with my emotions that she wasn't the mother that I knew. Mm-hmm. That she was going to die probably in the very near future. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to do that. So that's true. I do think we get tied up in the small things that don't matter. And and I've said it so many times, you know, sit with things for a while. In five years, will this matter? Mm-hmm. Well, all those lists that I had... No, I'm not going to say all the lists. Most of the lists that I had in my mind didn't matter. You know what? I want to I want to <clears throat> counter that a little bit. It mattered because it helped you cope with the moment. And that's, that's one thing I think that as the team, we have to know that if you have a Robin like person on your team, which are amazing. I mean, your strengths and, and abilities, you're are amazing. Like you want somebody like that on your team, but know that that they need their list, they need their structure, because it helps them cope with what's going on. If you are either delegating, I think it would actually be phenomenal to delegate somebody on your team, because you can be like, hey, can you take care of this? And they'd be like, I absolutely can. 
I can just give it to me and, and I'll go run with it. Like when we were talking last week about touring the facilities, I'm thinking put your list maker and your take charge person, take put them in charge of that. And you're going to get, not only are you going to get all of the questions answered, you're going to probably get a spreadsheet with all the information as well. And it's going to be fabulous. But if you, if they are like family, if they're siblings and you find that they're getting bossy, if they're getting snippy, if they're getting emotional about it, realize it is emotion and maybe they need something like that to comfort them. If you find that you are the one in charge and you're trying to delegate your team from that standpoint, Robin, like if you're like, I'm starting to get mad at everybody, maybe what you do is you went through the amazing journey of letting go with people, lowering your lists and expectations with other people. But what if you held on to those lists and expectations in your own world? For example, you could keep your house just the way you want it. And if you're frustrated and you want to take, you want to stay busy, then you do, you know, pull out the refrigerator and vacuum the coils behind the refrigerator, right? (laughs) You all can't see Robin right now, but uh, (laughs) she knows I'm right. Am I right, Robin? Penny, Penny, help me. (laughs) (laughs) So you do that, but you do it, like you said, in your world, right? And not like in the caregiving team world, because if you bring that too much into the team world, you probably will make things a lot harder for yourself and for others. But if you keep that in your own world, then it can be a place of refuge where your sense of control and getting things done not only will make you feel better, but it will make for a fantastic house, right? (laughs) (laughs) Side note, when I'm frustrated, I clean. So (laughs) it makes sense. You're right. And, and it's, it's not just being hard on myself at this point. It's just who I am. Mm -hmm. And and it it may just be who you are. So it's just, as Melissa said, recognizing the emotions and working with the emotions and working with your team and, and realizing what's going on. So, you know, if you get nothing else out of this whole series, we want to say that the team and communication are utmost in this journey. And the list are really, really important. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. The lists are important. The lists are magical, you know, when they work really well. And I think to tag on to what you're saying, Robin, if you look at everything that's going on with the non-judgmental curiosity, then you're really going to have partnerships that make this journey amazing. And this is a little bit of the type of partnership, but Robin and I aren't caregiving for someone together, but we are caring for our business together. And one of the things I think is that how well we balance each other but at the same time, because we're very different, you know, I'm I'm the dilly dallier procrastinator leaning type, and Robin is the more structured, bossy type. If we we could really butt heads if we didn't one really respect each other and appreciate how each of us bring balance to each other. And one of the things that there's a, a book that I'm reading now called Rethink by Adam Grant, and it's about how we just as humans can really benefit each other more and and evolve more, if you will. Um, And it's about our being open to rethinking what we think we think. And it's so in caregiving, there is no better way 
to learn this, then you're not going to be right all the time. You go into it with the best of intentions, and then you have to learn from everybody around you, and you have to rethink and regroup to create a situation that is more beautiful than anything you could have thought you knew going into it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You're right. And it, and it is, you know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking my advice to folks like me is open it up. Trust other people. Trust that they're going to do whatever it is that you've asked them to do. Or trust that their way might be different, but it's still beautiful. It still gets the job done. And what better way to honor your loved one, whether it's a sibling or it's just a team of professionals, to all work together and make it a smooth transition. Yep. Couldn't have said it better, Robin. Thank you for your insight into these roles. We could not do any kind of caregiving in this world without people like you helping push us on with structure (laughs) and deadlines. I'm happy. I sign up for any list anybody needs to be made. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. Well, we'll be back next week with our last of the series in time management and um, tendencies. And we will be talking about the people pleasers, the analysis paralysis. And was there one more to that, Robin? Second guessers. And the second guessers. So we will see you next time. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and ask that you subscribe to this podcast. If you find this podcast helpful, please leave a review so we can reach more women like you. You are not alone on your journey and the Fire Tribe is here to support you. Check us out at DaughtersOnFire.com and our Facebook group for more support and resources. Until next time, remember, you are the fire that fuels the engine of life.